0: Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays, Lunes Lunaticos, the very first bilingual show for CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And tonight I have a guest that I'm very happy to have here tonight, uh, Jaime Girones. He's from Mexico City, mi compatriota. He was born in 1989. He, was, he has followed the Wiccan path since he was 13 years old. He writes about spirituality, magic, minority religions, myths, and witchcraft, focusing on Mexico and Latin America. Focusing on Mexico and mm-hmm. Latin America, he works in customer service and social media. He collaborates as an international columnist for The Wild Hunt, a daily news for site for pagans, heathens, weekends, witches, and polytheists. And of course, he is an author, and he wrote a book that of course i am crazy about which is lou ellen's little book of the day of the dead but um welcome jaime how are you tonight
1: thank you laura and thank you for having me here i'm very well thank you how about you
0: i'm good i'm excited about this interview and i i have to ask you what i ask all my guests on every show being a Mexican, right, how did you find your path into paganism? You started very young, you was 13 years old, so how did you get yourself into Wicca?
1: Okay, well, I had the blessing, I consider it a blessing, that I grew up in a very open-minded family, and my father always pushed me or inspired me to explore my spirituality. Although I was raised Catholic or in a Catholic family, um, my father was was into esoteric and occultism topics uh, when he was young. And so he always pushed me to explore my spirituality. And he, for example, he bought me my first tarot deck and he bought me books. And, and I think that one day I found found a book about Wicca and witchcraft. And I felt that was what, uh, what was what have always felt or believed or that matched my beliefs. And that's how I got into p- paganism and wicca
0: very good i uh it's really funny and this is a joke that i always make and i always tell tell people i can make this joke because i'm mexican you cannot make the joke if you're not mexican (laughs) mexico is the most pagan country in the world but don't tell the mexicans because they think they're catholics right i mean the i believe that the catholicism that is practiced in mexico is very pagan don't you think that um what, what will your opinion be, especially because you're from Mexico City like me, so we have a very similar experience.
1: Totally. Our practices are, first of all, are for syncretism uh, because of our origin, and our history in our land and uh, across the diversity of Mexico. And, and you can see that with uh, the Virgen de Guadalupe uh, every year. Uh, Is the biggest Catholic movement of the world, and it comes from uh, from people worshiping the goddess Ton- Tonanti.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and 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 yeah, you can the most Catholic person can sometimes say, oh, I I, I bought a candle for this or that, or or I put this saint. Um, upside down for, for the saint to help me or like you hear so many magical practices um, mixed with their beliefs
0: exactly and I think the richness and the diversity as you say the diversity of Mexico as a whole you know I was uh, recently I look at one of these memes that people put on Facebook and whatnot that and is a map of Mexico you know the little the little cornucopia with the belly, and they overimpose uh, Europe and England and Europe, and they fit in Mexico. You know Mexico is huge, and there is yeah. so there are so many influences of different practices. And as you say very eloquently, uh, the the worship of Tonatín, and I believe growing up in Mexico that. They might be people who are good devout Catholics, but everybody, whether you're Catholic or not, everybody follows Donati and everybody follows the Virgin of Guadalupe. You
1: know? Well, yeah, actually, uh, when in 2010, uh, the population census, um, the number of uh, Virgin de Guadalupe worshippers or devotees was higher than the atheists. There were people that considered themselves atheists and still believe in La Virgen de Guadalupe. So that is crazy. It La Virgen de Guadalupe goes beyond Catholicism. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it, it is no wonder, as a priestess of the goddess myself, seeing that huge movement with the Guadalupana, you know, the, the Virgin of Guadalupe, um, how a lot of uh, practitioners of the goddess movement or the goddess tradition or goddess religions have adopted her as what she rightfully is which is the image of Tonatsin, our great mother or you know i mean she's seen by by so many different uh names and forms but is nonetheless the goddess there she is right behind me the glare is such that you cannot see her for those for those who can't see, because I have to, um, disclaimer, disclaimer, we are recording, we are pre-recording because our schedules are really tight, and we're not going to say when, but we are pre-recording, and we are able to do video. so for those who have the ability to see the video, there she is, Quedlique. Um, uh-huh. but what we're talking about is the Virgin of Guadalupe, right, the, the Catholicized image of it, but enough uh-huh. about that, because <laughs> I mean, She is so present in everybody's life and you cannot be Mexican without having her in your life and see her some way or another. You were talking about syncretism and boy, oh boy, is Day of the Dead the the (laughs) champion of syncretism. Um, I love the book. I'm not going to talk about the book yet. I want to talk about how how was the path to get to write this book because it's like what Llewellyn is going to have a book on the other day. how did that happen
1: well um it's a bit crazy for me actually um seven years ago I started writing for the wild hunt and um, which is a international news site website uh, for pagans polytheists we witches and it, it i didn't see myself as a writer I, I i just followed wild hunt as a reader and one time i wrote an email to them saying hey here's a crazy idea how about it? if i translate for you some of your articles for the people uh, that speak spanish to read for the latin american community for the mexico community. Um, and they replied to me right away and it were, it's actually, they told me it's actually not a crazy idea. We've been looking for someone, and uh, do you write, uh, send us something? And I sent something that I, have, uh, that I had written before and that's how I started at the Wild Hunt. So I've been writing for the Wild Hunt, I think it's already seven years, and maybe, maybe less, but, um. um, um Sorry. For, so from the Wild Hunt, um, my um, previous editor uh, Heather Green, uh, that now it's an editor at the Walling, uh, told me they, they wanted to have a book of, about the Day of the Dead, and she knew that it was a topic that I am passionate about, and she told me if I would be interested, and I immediately said yes, and I I I, I love the Day of the Dead t- since I was a child. And many months later, here we are. And I, I don't know; it's crazy. I never, like, it was never in my plans to write a book.
0: It is beautiful, and it is certainly a moment of pride as a Mexican, as a as a Chilanga, you know, as a person from Mexico City. Don't repeat the word Chilanga. It's not. Don't say it. <laughs> that's what we call ourselves in in Mexico or they call us uh people from Mexico City Chilangos there's a whole controversy about it you don't want to know anyway um let me backtrack myself I get excited because you're from Mexico City and I don't get to talk to a lot of people from Mexico City you know so it's I get really excited about it um to see a person from Mexico from Mexico City. In an international, very renowned, well-known publisher, such as Llewellyn, and then writing this book about this topic that is the Mexican distinctive topic, which is Day of the Dead. And I am just slightly obsessed about Day of the Dead, you know, 36 years researching, teaching, and learning about it, and then to see this wonderful book That is, is Hat of the Press. Uh, It was released on October 8th, was it?
1: Was released on September 8th.
0: September 8th. September, yeah. September 8th. So it's a little bit about a month and a half out. And I invite you all to go to Llewellyn website and get it. Llewellyn's Little Book of the Day of the Dead by Jaime Hirones, And it is a delight. I love, love, love it. Um, How... When did you discover this is a silly question because being Mexican, I know there's not a time when you discover day of the dead, but how did you get so into day of the dead
1: mm, yeah, it's a complex question because I grew up involved with the day of the day. It's like asking a Catholic family how how did you discover Christmas <laughs> like if like just as my family set up a Christmas tree every year, we also set up a day of the day altar. So it's been in my life since I was a child. But if I had to say when, and um, I would say uh, in my kindergarten or preschool years, um, because the founder and director of my of, of my school, um, Used to set up a huge Day of the Dead altar, and she would invite all of uh, the people in the school to come to the altar, and she would give each of us a Day of the Dead bread, un pan de muerto, and I think that's when I don't know, I I I started loving the Day of the Dead, and it was also like a loving or warm tradition because she would give us a a pan de muerto and she would also give us a hug and she like and she will inspire us to remember the dead and be inspired by the day of the dead
0: yeah i think it's uh people don't understand you know a lot of people don't understand as you said they give you the bread and then they give you a hug because it is a celebration of life It is a celebration of connection, and it is about um, honoring the ancestors, not only, but honoring the family. And uh, it's about love. It it is about love. It is.
1: It is. It definitely is. It's about, I would say, everlasting love. That even when our dead loved ones are not here with us anymore, or or our ancestors are not physically with us, the love still exists, and we celebrate that love, we celebrate that life through love.
0: I love it, I love it. Um, so one of the difference that I notice being on this side of the border, being in the United States, is witchcraft is as varied as and diverse as any other thing in life, right? And there are so many ways of honoring the ancestors. But one of the biggest differences that I noticed, and and I love how you put the reason why on your book, is uh, for us Mexicans, yeah, we work with ancestors, but we don't work with the ancestors every day. And there are other ways of witchcraft and practices. uh, Where I have noticed more is on the Afro-Caribbean or the African diaspora traditions where they are constantly working with the ancestors yeah. and, and it's kind of like a daily thing but for us it's really a seasonal thing because it has to do with the seasons so tell us a little bit about that
1: yes so it, it is in fact more related to seasons in mexico however for me in my experience like I was always raised to think of our ancestors and our grandmothers. So for me, it's a like more common experience. But when I wanted to co- talk about ancestors in, in, in my book, I wanted to explain why do, first of all, the day of the day happens or where do the, why are the ancestors? So um, I included it as seasonal, the, I included ancestor worship being a seasonal because the day of the day happens at this time of the year because it's when the rainy season, it's coming to an end and it's the time of the harvest. So it's a time to celebrate this harvest and to express your gratitude with the divine, however you name it, but also to your ancestors for their blessing, for their blessing. In, in in helping these harvests be or exist and um, but also sharing this blessing with your ancestors it's a it's a time from scarcity to abundance and you're sharing this abundance with them you're re- you're remembering them but you're also yeah sharing what you have accomplished or your harvest with them and the counterpart of the day of the dead which is not widely known, it's called um, La, uh, the Feast of the, La Santa Cruz or Saint Cross, which around is around late April, start of May. Um, it it is a, although it's a Catholic tradition, it's also full of syncretism, and it comes. It, it is counterpart, and its origin also comes from. Um, and ancestor worshiping. It's the start of the rainy season, and it's a time when it is asked as well to the divine and to the ancestors for the blessing to have a good rainy season. They ask literally for rain. So when it comes the harvest, um, you think about that counterpart, that those ancestors that helped the harvest come to be through the rainy season.
0: Of course, and then coming from a Catholic point of view, of course, the Catholicism that came to Mexico in the 1500s and later on, it was already heavily infused with pagan traditions from Europe, and it has always fascinated me how the Santa Cruz or the Holy Cross day, which, as you say, you know, the beginning of May, uh, is the cross Crowned with a wreath of flowers which is very very similar to the maple yeah right? it, it is is the pole and the crown of flowers which is a very graphic representation of fertility right so i i love that you talk about all that on the book and the ancestry and the pre-colonial pre-hispanic uh, influence of the Day of the Dead. But I was also, there is one thing that I'm, I'm thankful about in my life, uh, because even though I'm psychic and I check a lot of the psychic boxes, <laughs> I don't have that ability that all your family has to see the dead and to like, act, I, I can feel their presence, but I cannot see them. Like you, you tell us in the book how you and your family...
1: Ew, was is that scary? Well, yeah. I, I talk a bit about um, my relationship with dead and that how it comes with my family. First of all, it's not that in my in my way of seeing the dead. I like I do not see the dead like right here. It's more like I dream or I sense the death often, and it's not. It has it has never been scary for me. Although, for example, my my sisters or my siblings also some of them do consider it scary and try not to be connected with that world. Um, but I found it confusing at first, like and when I started having dreams of a, or a, or strong sense of feelings that someone was about to die, or when I used to dream of. Uh, when, when i dream about um dead family members like that was a confusing part of my life through my childhood or teenage years on how to make sense of it or how to live with it
0: mm-hmm. and how did you learn to live with it because i i can understand very clearly you know how me being a psychic and like knowing when things are going to happen and what is going to happen like when things happen, I'm like, yeah, I knew it. Uh, I, it came to me before. Like, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, it was really bad in my teenage years when my boyfriends used to cheat on me because I'm like, <laughs> I know you're cheating. Like, you don't have to lie. So being a psychic, I'm, I'm used to it because it's natural for me versus people who say it's supernatural. So how do you make peace? now that Now that you're used to it, now that you have made peace with it, is there a way to like understand it better? How do you make peace with it? And is that could that be the reason why you're sowing to Day of the Dead?
1: Yeah, it's definitely part of the reason why I'm sewing so to Dead of the Dead. The Dead of the Dead helped me. Um it probably helped me, <laughs> gave it giving it a framework or how to approach the relationship but it also like it sounds corny but i think it helped or it stopped being confusing or difficult when i told me when i learned that it the process needs to come from love and um if I'm dreaming with a family member or, or I don't know, I'm feeling something, my reaction has to come from love on how to act on it. And it also helps to learn the moments on when and who to speak this about. During my teenage years, I would be, I don't know, I would tell a teacher, I couldn't concentrate because your dad is next to you and he told me this or that. (laughs) And I later learned, like, even when I sense or see things, it's not always needed to express it. And you learn when or how to do it. With whom. Um, With, yeah, with whom. Um, It's something that I actually rarely speak about. It's just that with this book, with, with the interview that, it's a good moment to share it, but um, it's not something that I go through life talking about.
0: Yeah, no, you can't, you can't because I I get it, you know. I'm also like when I see things about people like unless it's the, the right moment. And this will resonate with people that were at Sawan 2019 at Circle. If y'all remember, I stopped some people to deliver messages because they didn't get any messages for me but I got messages from people randomly and I didn't know who the message was for until I saw the person. And I'm like, oh, this message is for you. It is so fascinating, you know, that um, it is not about being scary. Um, And people, you know, because people say they even put it on a movie, you know. What's with Mexicans and the dead? Like we are obsessed with the dead. But it is a celebration of life and it is a celebration of love. So it's more like we are obsessed with love and life and partying. And speaking of partying, you guide us through party, the altar and everything in the book. Uh, Thank you for doing that. What is your take on appropriation? I know you touch on it on the book and I have to ask, you know, I have to hear it from you.
1: Yes, I I talked in my book about cultural appropriation and its difference with cultural appreciation because I'm speaking about a celebration or tradition that it's Mexican, but also a very diverse celebration that its origin comes from indigenous communities. So it's not my intention to share a book, through my book, Share the Day of the Dead as um, everyone in in the world uh, celebrating these specific traditions or way of celebrating. And I talk about a cultural appropriation because for me, the difference with Appreciation is finding the context and the background on where a celebration comes from and how it can inspire your life. And with my book, I want to inspire the world and the reader, and why we celebrate the day of the day, where it comes from, and how you can learn from it in order to honor your ancestors and your dead loved ones remember your dead loved ones, and also how to go maybe through your um, through your processes with death. And because celebrating our ancestors, worshiping our ancestors, remembering our dead loved ones, it's a universal activity. It's not a Mexican activity. And there are celebrations related to death around the world, which I mentioned in my book, but Well, I mentioned some of them, not all of them, but it's a universal activity and and I wanted to share the day of the dead and how you can learn from it or be inspired by it. For example, I talk about the Sempasuchil flower, the marigold flower that we use in the day of the Dead, and I talk why we use the pasuchu flower it's it, it's abundant at this time of the year because it's harvest, harvested during this time of year it's also it has a yellow orange strong color which could be like related to life and it has a very sweet smell so when I speak about using flowers as, um, as, an, offering, as an offering to your late loved ones or ancestors how you can look in your area that you live at for flowers that are abundant at, the, at that time of year that have a sweet smell so that's that's how I approach cultural appropriation in my book
0: of course and I think you know it's really important that uh we as Mexicans right because you and I as Mexicans Uh, We don't speak for all of Mexico, right? Some people will be like, oh, yeah, take it. And some people will be like, no, get your hands off my Day of the Dead. And I think ultimately the understanding is that all these holidays, a holiday such emblematic as Day of the Dead. It also evolves, you know, because we have, as you mentioned, uh, the parade now that was actually inspired by Hollywood. And... We have in this book, I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised, to see that you did a prayer that kind of combines paganism with Day of the dead, which is not traditional, but it can be done. I should know a little bit about that because that's exactly how I practice my paganism with uh, a, a combination of like indigenous and then Wiccan and then uh, Mexican folk magic. So how did you get inspired to, to write this prayer in a say Wiccan or pagan way?
1: Yeah, right. So like similar to what you mentioned, we cannot speak of Mexico or Mexicans generalizing. Like even if you are speaking about Mexican pagans or about the Day of the Dead, you cannot generalize. And the Day of the Dead, like I said, is a very diverse celebration. So I didn't want to um, explain the Day of the Dead as this is it and and that's it, that's the Day of the Dead. No, I wanted to explain that it's a very diverse celebration and it's celebrated differently if you go to the Northern states of, of the country, if you go to the Southeast states or in the center states, it is celebrated so differently in each area, indigenous community. Um, and also um, it is a celebration, a living celebration that it's, um, it's mixed or it, 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 it mingles with other traditions like
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the population in the US probably is more um, uh, related to Halloween or the, it, it, it has a relationship with Halloween. Just like here, we a lot of people also celebrate Halloween. So you can see symbols of Halloween and the Day of the Dead mixed. Um and the Day of the Dead also goes beyond your your beliefs. You don't have to be a Catholic to celebrate the Day of the Dead. A lot of people celebrate it even when they don't believe in anything. In. So in my book, I explain. Where I come from and my background and I share some activities on how to celebrate the day of the dead and the meditation or more spiritual practices I explained that they come from my experience and I wanted to share how I approached the day of the dead because I didn't want to to speak on behalf of someone else or generalize how it's celebrated. And when doing that, I also share it as a template or as a framework, for example, that I use goddess as, uh, as an example, for example. When I use goddess, as a, uh, you, you can also refer to the divine, to God, to the universe, or to whatever you call it. Um, so I use it as a framework Okay. But to help people how to approach the day of the day, no matter what their beliefs are.
0: I love it. I love how you approach everything. I love that you mentioned the activities because they are activities throughout the book. And these are things that you can do at home. You know, um, it really is a wonderful book. I will invite everybody to get it, the Llewellyn's Little Book of Day of the Dead by Jaime Hirones, my compatriota, my chilango, my chilango compadre, and I have to ask you. We all know this, but I have to ask you: Where can people buy your book?
1: <laughs> you can find it in your local favorite bookstore, and and if not, you can also go to lewellyn.com or also through famous online bookstores like Amazon.
0: Of course. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever the Llewellyn books are sold. And I, all I have to say, uh, Jaime, is thank you so much for being on the show tonight, for uh, bringing your very personal style into this holiday. I think is very valuable. I, I really like it a lot. Um, I think... There is a great value in this is how you do it. But this is how, this is why you do it this way, you know, because uh, it is important for people to understand why certain things go on the altar, why certain things don't go on the altar, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to tell you what the book says. You're going to find, you, you got to buy the book. But uh, thank you so much, Jaime, for being here. And all I have to do just to say goodbye is leave you the microphones. So you can say goodbye to your audience. Yeah.
1: Well, first of, first of, all, first of all, thank you, Laura, for the time and the invitation for the nice conversation. And thank you for, to everyone that is listening. And I hope you buy the book and I hope you like it.
0: There you go. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful celebration, a great Day of the Dead, a very blessed Samhain. Sal- 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 A very, very happy, spooky, and mischievous Halloween. And until next time, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye. Joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at slash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.